0: Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Lindsay Ayers. She is a believer, daughter, sister, and new auntie. She currently resides in Washington, D.C., where she works as an attorney at a Christian legal aid organization to serve low-income and homeless residents in D.C. She used to be known as the Faith Feast on Instagram until she um, felt the Lord calling her to get off, which we will talk about in a bonus episode next. Today, we are going to talk about so many different things. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Now, my interview with Lindsay. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my goodness. Thank
1: you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Listeners, if y'all wanted to know how devoted Lindsay is to discerning the Lord's call on her life and obeying, when I asked her originally to join me on the podcast, she had just decided to close her ministry, the Faith Feast, and asked if she could pray about whether to do this interview. So I think this is going to be a great conversation today on discernment and obedience. Um, Lindsay, I have loved watching you follow the Lord, even when it hasn't been easy, But before we dive into this topic of discernment and obedience when it comes to prayer, can you start by telling us what does your prayer routine look like right now?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I would say that recently I've been running a lot, which I know you're like, okay, I asked about prayer. and did not ask for your fitness routine, but I've been running (laughs) to worship music. And I will go get up and run around my neighborhood and listen to like Maverick City you know, like gyra or like wait on you. And that just Mm -hmm. kind of like has started my day like in the right space. So I'll typically start my day like that, but then um, I will come back and shower and grab some coffee and then I'll sit down. Um, I've been sitting with the Psalms for a little bit and kind of praying Mm -hmm. through those um, because the Psalms are really, I feel like for the times right now, you know they're always for the times. But the way that they are lamenting and just like grieving and frustrated, I'm like relatable. Like this is so relatable. So I've been sitting with those and and really trying to emulate um, the cries of David and the other psalmists, just saying mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I don't like this. You know, I'm not in love with this season. Yeah, I know that you're good. I know that you're faithful, but." <sighs> this is not that fun. Um, that's how I interpret the Psalms, at least. So that's kind of what my prayer time has looked like right now. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, I love that you mentioned the Psalms. Um, I know I've I talked a lot about David and lamenting in my book, Pray Confidently and Consistently. And it's it's crazy that like we get a glimpse of so many actual prayers, you know? Like, uh, this mm-hmm. is— ideal like if you don't know where to start go there but i love that you're picking up on um just the things that i feel like when we start out praying we feel like th- these are not appropriate prayers but then we're getting mm-hmm. to see okay david the guy who's called a man after god's own heart this is how he prayed yeah. i can learn from this and um i feel like honestly i've just been recently learning how to pray like just those, Lord, what are you doing? And mm-hmm. it's it's just so honest and it helps us to not create this block of like putting up this facade. So I love that you mentioned that and the running. I think that's, it's just a really sweet way to prepare your heart for prayer. And yeah. if people are struggling with like, how do I just dive into prayer? Maybe it is it is starting with worship or going for a run and, you know, being in nature. So um, yeah, absolutely. no, I love that you shared all that. <laughs> so yeah, how do you say,
1: I'm sure people think I'm crazy when they see me like mumbling to myself while I'm jogging down the street, <laughs> but sometimes stuff comes up, you know what I mean? Like, and running in isn't a, a release in and of itself. And then to like bring in a spiritual component to that, I found that I'm able to shed so much anxiety, like just from the run and the worship itself.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Oh yeah. And so, okay. So listeners, um, Lindsay lives in DC. So when you're running, do you ever notice like people who look like they're having a bad day? Like, does anything ever, um, have you like stopped to think? And th- I'm putting you on the spot with this question, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, as you see people, do you ever feel like, Whoa, I need to pray for them or, Absolutely. um, yeah, that's All so the cool. Time. I love that. I-
1: Yeah. And my neighborhood is like, I guess they would call it like a transitioning neighborhood. So it's like half gentrified, Mm -hmm. half not. Um, Like literally somebody was shot very close to my building recently. And like, I'm in a fancy little high rise, you know, so I personally didn't feel unsafe, but like, yeah, running around my neighborhood, I do a lot of prayer. There is a park that's nearby that often from, I've only driven by it. I don't run by it, but it appears to possibly, you know, be a place where a lot of people are using illicit drugs and things like that. So I'm constantly praying over that place. Um, I pray over my neighbors. My neighbor texts me the other day. He was like, Your worship music's so loud. Thank God for the prayer ah. warriors on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, I got you covered, you know? So yeah, I see people all the time and like if, you know, something comes up in my spirit, I will just keep running and keep praying. You know what I mean? Um, over buildings, yeah. over people, over the city, over my neighborhood, all of it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, so and uh, we didn't plan to talk about this, but because of the work that you do, I'd love for you to share with people what you do and um how like just talking about praying over your city, like this is something that I don't feel like registers for a lot of us because there's so many things to just pray for in our own little bubble. Like for me personally, mm-hmm. I'm like I've got 20 things to pray for myself and th- 15 mm-hmm. things for my family. How do you pray for other how do you pray for the city and what what inspires you to do that? Like what part of you, like, I want to say like compassion that you have, what compassion do you have that helps you to feel like I need to do this?
1: No, that's a great question. So I am a an attorney at Christian Legal Aid of DC currently, and we serve low income and homeless residents in the city. We practice in the area of eviction defense, housing conditions court, um, let's see, criminal record sealing, uh, probate and estate planning, which is like if somebody passes away managing their estate, you know creating wills, power of attorneys, things like that, and social security disability. So naturally, I have a lot to pray for just with work in general. And as a team, we gather every Wednesday and pray over Mm -hmm. our clients and the new clients coming in. Um, So absolutely, that has led me to pray just more broadly outside of myself and just my intimate friend group. I would also say, as I've done more research into the specific practice area of criminal record stealing, I've seen Mm -hmm. a lot of cocaine charges from the 80s and i was like wait i remember hearing about this like sometime during like black history month or something like there was a crack epidemic you know and it really hit dc hard i spoke with a gentleman the other day who was at a homeless shelter and he said they it went from being called the chocolate city because there were so many african american people here to a city under siege because that's how bad the epidemic was oh. like he said everybody was addicted and as i've gone through these criminal records and looking to see what i can legally seal I can't seal um, drug charges. They're not eligible under the DC code, but I look and it's like 80s crack, 80s crack. And it's all like black men in their fifties and sixties that got swept up in this epidemic. And just as a quick explanation, criminal record sealing means that um, different states have various laws on that. But basically sometimes it's like after a certain amount of time, or if it was like a low offense crime, then we can essentially wipe the slate clean for you, which is the gospel, right? Like you are not your worst yeah. mistake. So it's a wow. practice area that I've actually fallen in love with, um, which I did not expect. Um, but yeah, anyway, so after really looking at the landscape of our city from this perspective of being an attorney serving low income and homeless residents and seeing the unique challenges that our city, our city faces and even seeing like basically we track which ward our clients are coming from. So I can see like, okay, all these drug charges are coming from ward seven or ward eight. You know what I mean? Like things like that. I can pray really specifically over the different regions of DC. Wow.
0: Yeah. And I
1: think it's also really important to pray because I'm so close to the capital. I'm so close to like so much of what impacts the rest of the country. I think the urgency mm-hmm. when I got here was a lot more present, I should say. And I just felt this strong urge to like be praying over our leaders, especially with, like The other day I was like having coffee and I'm pretty sure a motorcade went by and I was like, is that Kamala? Is that Joe? Like, who is it? You know, I was like kind of excited, like, ooh, you know, like a real politician. But I was like, oh, let me also pause to pray over them because they're making some really key decisions and I want them to make, you know, the decisions I want them to make and that God wants them to make (laughs) ultimately. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and I, yeah, that's what I would say about that. I think the more I've learned about DC, the more I feel the compassion for the city and for all cities and, and what, um, what they go through and the principalities that hover over them and, and lead the city into things like an epidemic over cocaine, you know?
0: Yeah. So one thing I I guess I'm thinking a great takeaway from what you just said is like part of that compassion that you developed was from learning about it. And as silly as that sounds, you know, like, um, I know, in our prayer journals, we have like the world and nation or different things. And a lot of people are stumped by like, well, what am I supposed to pray for here? And we encourage people to go, go research a country like, you know, and it just feels like that is, it is a, where we aren't going to be able to pray for things, um, like a consistent compassion for that without that knowledge. So that Mm -hmm. is a great place to start for people. I'm, I'm, Hope that encourages somebody who's just feeling like, you know, I want to pray for things, but I just really don't know what to pray for. Or I just don't have the heart for it, you know, because that's easy, too. We're just in our own little bubbles. Let me add this Um, as well. Um, One thing I did, and this
1: is just because I'm in this space, so I don't want someone to feel like they need to, like, do exactly what I'm saying. But I went online and found which bills are pending for D.C., So there's a criminal record sealing bill that I was um, assisting somebody writing with, which is generous for me to say on my own part. I I reviewed it and told her it looked good, but she swears I assisted her. Um, But And I prayed over the bill and prayed over it passing because it would really open up a lot of doors for people who've been barred from employment and housing and benefits because of their criminal records. So I would encourage people listening, if there's a cause that you're really passionate about and you're the type of person that maybe is interested in policy or law Just out of curiosity, you don't need to be a lawyer to do it. Just like go on your state's website or your city's website and you can look at pending bills and pray that those bills would get passed or pray that the lawmakers would prioritize it. You know, we all have causes that are important to us. Like there were a lot of bills on there that I did not add to my list. It's not that it's not because they're not Mm -hmm. important, but it's like I that's not what I'm led to pray for. I'm led to pray for this specific bill that changes the way we sentence juveniles in the district, you know? That's the kind of thing I'm focused on. So I would say even looking into that, if policy or, you know, laws, bill writing, all that, all that boring snooze stuff interests you, you could do it. <laughs> or, or even just like I a, love non-profit. It. Yeah. Yeah. a nonprofit you care about, a cause you care about, like just leaning into that, that is likely on your heart because God put it there. You didn't just come mm-hmm. up with that on your own. Like he presses those desires onto your heart and says, Hey, this cause matters to me. And you're the intercessor. You're the prayer warrior that I placed on it. So get on your post, girl. He tells me all the time, get back on your post, honey. Wake up. It's time to pray.
0: (laughs) Lindsay, I love that so much. And I never would have thought of that. Like, that's not something that ever would have crossed my mind. So I'm really glad you shared that just for me personally, that that's something that I'm going to definitely check out and encourage our listeners to too. Okay. So Lindsay, um, hearing from God is a topic our audience is always talk about is just like a struggle. Like they want to be discerning. They want to have clarity. Mm-hmm. They want to, um, know what God is telling them and, you know, no, is it me thinking this? Is it God? Like, what is it? Um, so tell us what is listening to God look like in your life? Now,
1: that's a great question. I would say for me, it always has to start with the word. Like God's not mm-hmm. going to speak anything that's not in his word. And like, I usually explain it like this to people, like, you know, your husband's voice at a party, right? So like you and your husband are at a party and there are a ton of people there, but you hear him tell a joke. You don't even have to look up to know that's your man, right? Because you've spent a (laughs) lot of time with him. You've heard that joke a thousand times. Like, you know, his laugh, like you already know. And it's the same with God. Like the more time you spend with God, the more time you spend with what God has already said, the easier it's going to become to Hear God. And I don't think it's ever gonna be like that quick and easy, right? Because we're always growing, we're always moving, we're always stretching. But I think like first and foremost, like open up your Bible. Like there's some quote that always goes around, it's like, Don't tell me God is silent when you haven't opened your Bible. And I'm like so sick of seeing it, but also like it's so true. (laughs) Like, I'm (laughs) like, okay, you're right, I'll double tap it. Let's move on. But God is really speaking in his word, and the word is alive and active. Like, so much of the confirmation Mm -hmm. I've gotten of what I've heard. From God in prayer or in worship has been right aligned with the word. Like literally sometimes what he's speaking to me is a verse. He'll say like, go to this verse. And then there's the answer to like my problems, you know what I mean? Um, and I say that with the caveat of like making sure that you understand scripture in the context it was written in, but also allowing yourself to experience it it in the way that God's speaking it to you in the moment. Right. Um, so I would say first and foremost, staying in the word, I would say second, um, do a brain dump. Like a lot of us are really busy people. We have a lot going on, and that's totally fine. But every time I read one of these spiritual development books, they're like, "Hey, Sabbath, hey, silence," and I'm like, "Hey, maybe you're right. You know, like maybe I should just turn off. You know, are you the one? Maybe I should turn off. Um, what is that show I watch? Married at First Sight. Like maybe I should just Sins. sit and be still. Yeah. And cultivating that silence will quiet your mind so that you can hear the whisper of the Lord. Um, I would also say listening to God for me looks like trusting that initial gut reaction. Um, and I have learned over time, the hard way y'all, let me be fully transparent, Mm -hmm. the hard way that when I go against my knower, as I like to call it, I know what in my knower is what I say. I'm always wrong. Like, I'll be like, yeah, I can totally do that. And then my, my, my spirit will be like, "Mm -mm, girl, no, you cannot. And then all of a sudden it's like the day of and I'm stressed and it's chaotic or I need to cancel. And it's like, I should have never said yes to this because I did not have capacity for it to begin with. So I think it's really important to really like listen to what the Holy Spirit's doing in your body for me. Like I will feel this like, um, I don't know how to explain it, like a nudge in my gut of like pause almost, or like, Mm-hmm. Um, you know how like when you're riding, maybe y'all don't ride horses. I don't either. I don't know why I said it. Like I do it every weekend, but like if you're riding a horse, how <laughs> gently you can tug a horse and it will adjust to you. Right. Like it yeah, just takes it like, a very, very quickly. It's, it's always listening to the, to the one that's steering it. Right. And I think about how Whenever I've been on a horse and I've been nervous or jerky, and my dad's saying, relax, the horse is responding to your energy. Like It's almost kind of how we are with the Holy Spirit. Like If you tug like that a little bit or the Holy Spirit tugs on you like that, you're going to feel it if you're paying attention. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're a wild horse, you're going to just plow on through, right? Like I said, we're going this way, boss but if you're paying attention to your jockey or whoever's on your back as, which would be the holy spirit in this really random analogy you will <laughs> notice that little tug on your spirit that says hey pull back or hey go left or hey pause and pray for that person or hey i know you want that job but that job is not for you baby girl like slowing down and silence is what why i talked about horses today so um, slowing down and silence I love it is well- key. <laughs>
0: Well, and I will say, I think your gut, like you know, like just thinking like uh, of what you're talking about, I think that is because the reason you can trust that is because you are so in tune to the Lord that you're. Mm -hmm you're in the word, you're praying, you are seeking his wisdom, you are, have already determined that you want to obey him. So I think like for a lot of people who say that, it's probably not uh as reliable, mm. but if you are in the word the way that you are, um I think that 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 is true. So just a little mm. caveat there. So um no, I if agree. If people are like, oh, I'm going to trust my gut. And like, if you're not in the word and you're not dependent on yeah. the Lord, it's not going to work like yes. for like. For I
1: Lindsay. agree. You need to know that your gut, your gut has to be in full surrender to the Holy Spirit. That's what I should yes. say. Your gut yes. has to no. be in full surrender to the Holy Spirit and then trust your gut.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I literally, I was, I'm talking to the launch team right now for the book. And one quote that I had said was basically like, you can trust your gut if it is aligned or you can trust mm. your heart if it is aligned to the, or if it is in sync with the Lord's heart. And that's still like funny to say, like, cause you don't want to say like, we're trusting our own, but if mm-hmm. you're al- lo- aligned with the Lord, um, you can. So, um, on that note, talking about obedience. Okay. So mm-hmm. I have a chapter in the book, um, about obedience. And I talk about Priscilla Shire, how whenever I first read, I think it was discerning the voice of God where Such she just talked to, It's so good. If you, if you guys haven't read it, it's literally on this topic of listening, like hearing God's voice. Um, But she talks a lot about obedience. And I really thought at first, I was like, this is not what I signed up to read about. (laughs) You know, like, what does she, what does this have to do with this? Um, But they're so intertwined, but I want to hear from you. Why is obedience so intertwined with prayer? Um, Or why do you feel so adamant about obedience being a part of your response to prayer?
1: I think it's because prayer serves multiple purposes, right? Like you're there to commune with God. You're there to get, you know, to fill up. You're there to repent. You're there to to do so much with the Lord and just like be with Him. But you're also there to get instructions. And those instructions are not just for you, right? Like obviously Mm -hmm. God wants... What's best for you, but his definition of best and your definition of best might look very different. But it's important to know that, like, if he's instructing you in prayer, that he has something for you and he has something for the kingdom. So it's like it's not a it's not really. I don't see it as optional, right? Like, I mean, there are times. Let me be transparent that I have taken it as optional, and there are real life consequences to that. That's not to say that God isn't gracious, but like, okay, if you're not supposed to go on a trip and you book the flight and you, the whole time God's telling you like, Hey, this isn't what you should be doing. Don't go. And then all of a sudden your flight gets canceled and you eat the cost of your flight. Like, yeah, I mean, that would suck. You know what I mean? Like that would definitely, I've been there before. That would really suck. Is it the end of the world? Probably not. Um, but you know, I don't want to scare y'all with like doom and gloom, but like disobedience does have consequences, you know, even with God's grace. So I think it's important to know that like God's not instructing you because he feels like showing off because he's like, look, I have a minion and she'll do whatever I say. Like, you are a soldier on the battlefield. You are in position for a key purpose. And I am. my move to DC was an act of obedience and it was for a reason. And the second I got here, I was just like, oh, okay, this is a different level of warfare Mm -hmm. being so close to all the the politicians to really unintentionally discern like the level of deception that operates in this city um, and to pray against it actively. You know, like when the um, incident at the Capitol happened on January 6th, like Mm -hmm. I was on my face in prayer all day like I was I got the call from the Lord like hey face down let's go like pray over them pray over the the capital officers pray over the politicians in there pray over everyone like pray over the country because this was painful um, so I say all that to say that obedience is not just it's not a uh, it's not a thing you do just to be good in the eyes of the Lord it's a thing you do out mm-hmm. of love for him and because the his kingdom and his will is greater than anything you would ever have to sacrifice you know what i mean and staying in that place just the fruit is unmatched it never comes in the way i think it's going to come but it's always worth it it's always worth it and then i also will say that the the more that you lean into that and the more that god can find you trustworthy the more he's going to trust you with so when i first started blogging with the faith feast people would say well how'd you get all these followers? And how did you do this? And how did you do that? And honestly, most of the answers were I prayed and I was obedient. So when he said post, I posted. When he said, don't post, I didn't post. When he said fast, I fasted. When he said, don't fast, I didn't fast. And I'm like, we want these shortcuts. We want to get some type of success, but it's like the success comes from pleasing God. And if you're obedient, you're pleasing him and the fruit will come from that. And maybe it's not necessarily in the form of followers or devotional sold or whatever. It might just be, and for me, honestly, it was in, it was in the form of when I closed down the blog and I got flooded with DMs and messages that still like I'm tearing up, make me emotional of people saying, but you prayed for me and I had a baby or you prayed over my cancer and I'm healed. Like those moments of obedience are like that that was unmatched. Like, who cares about the followers when women are DMing me saying, "No, but your blog was what led me back to Christ. Your blog is what led me back to the foot of the cross. Like, I, that's the fruit I want. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind yeah. of reward I'm looking for. So that's why I think obedience is important because when you when you really change lives for the kingdom of God, nothing compares to that.
0: Nothing. Yes. Well, and I think we isolate. We compare like what obedience would look like and how scary that is to what we would do on our own. And we don't look at that uh, that second option realistically. We look at it mm-hmm. like the glorified version of it. We don't see the consequences. We don't see what could happen when we do that. We just have this like, well, you know, I just want the freedom to do this. and Right. Um, and not that... Like you said, like we're not trying to scare anybody. Uh, but but there is some, we just need to see that realistically. We need to see the option the we need to see what it looks like to really disobey God and to walk mm-hmm. out of his plan and then um obedience, which is just walking in step with him. Hi, guys. If you are enjoying this episode, I've got a hunch you realize how important prayer is for our lives. What if we got to give an intentional gift this holiday season to our loved ones that helped them grow in their prayer life and impact them the whole year through? We've been blown away to see how many people gift our Valmary paper prayer journals. But more than that, we're blown away by the new customers we get later who say they received one of the prayer journals as a gift for Christmas and it was their favorite gift of the season. For as low as $15, we take that as a high compliment. Grab your list of people you're shopping for this season and head to our shop at valmariepaper.com to see if you can find the perfect gift. We've got journals for your besties, mother-in-law, kids' teachers, friends who are expecting, nieces, and nephews, husband, and more. And don't forget to use our code NOISYWORLD for 20% off when you order three or more products head to our shop at ValmaryPaper.com. Now back to my conversation with Lindsay. Um, Okay. One thing you said when you were praying on uh, January 6th, I I Mm -hmm. had read a book and it was by a prayer warrior. And they talked about how like they would have this group of ladies. They would each have a different day that they would be, Called to pray, and then everybody else would be praying for that person on the day that she would be praying. Wow. And I just thought it was so like the level of protection for a prayer warrior is so mm-hmm. necessary. And mm-hmm. I know I, I've probably talked about it on every episode so far, but like the spiritual warf- warfare that I felt like I have felt this year going into this book. Oh like, my God. It's yeah, it's overwhelming. And to know, like, I'm just thinking, like, When Lindsay's praying like that, I want to be praying for Lindsay. Like, I want to know that if something in DC, like if something happens in DC or just with politics, I want to be praying for you as you pray for others. Mm. And it doesn't mean we don't pray for those other things. It just means that like these people who are prayer warriors and who are like, you know, I just know your heart with prayer. I know how you pray or, you know, as much as I can know just from our conversations, (laughs) but like, I trust your time with the Lord. Um, and I know I want to be supportive of that. So just like an odd little meta, like, okay, pray for the person praying thing, but just picturing yeah. me praying all day in that situation is just like, Oh, I wish I was praying for her that day. You know?
1: No, you're absolutely right. And that's something like, I think, you know, that I don't always remember. My sister thankfully is always praying for me and uh, she's in a house church and, they all tease, they always, I haven't even met half of them. They're like, Oh, Lindsay, the intercessor, you know, like that's kind of their joke. So I know like they're often covering me, but I know, but you're absolutely right. Like it's so important to pray for the person praying because again, like you said, not to scare anybody, but like there is pushback, you know, like we're in a battle. So like, it's not like we're, You know, we just get to kick the ball in the in the goal and it's like, woo, party's over. You know what I mean? Like there's some pushback. And I I like to think of pushback not as scary, but as confirmation. Like if the enemy is pushing back on me on something, I'm in the right lane. If the enemy is not bothering me on something, I'm probably unintentionally aligned with his plan, which I never want to be, right? So anytime I just as a point of encouragement, if you feel opposition in prayer, if you feel like um you got blowback or just like anything like that, I would take it to the Lord and be like, Hey, is this of the enemy? And if so is this confirmation that I'm I'm tracking the right way in my prayers? I'm hitting the right nails on the head, you know what I mean, to make him angry enough to to bite back at me. Um, but no, I'll definitely be letting you know because I'm sure that the the my on-the-face prayers for the capital will not be will not be done anytime
0: soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll have to email me or text me since, since you weren't on. I mean, not that I'm on social either, but um okay, so what has been the hardest part of obeying God. And you can, I don't know if this is like part of your DC story. If you want to go into like, what did you feel? You said, once you got there, you felt confirmation and stuff like that. Or Mm -hmm. just that feeling of like, oh, wow, there's like a lot happening here. So what did you feel before when you knew you wanted to obey, but you were not necessarily sold on it the same way? the Lord was sold. That's a great question <laughs> for
1: you. I think the hardest part of obeying for me is dying to the fear of man and like getting rid of that. Like I was moving across the country in the middle of a pandemic to work at a nonprofit with one other employee. Like that doesn't sound like the most like financially responsible thing I could have done yeah. <laughs> as a recent yeah. graduate from law school with like, you know, six figure debt. Like my parents were like, I'm sorry, what you're uh, wait. Uh, no. And I was like, yeah. And I only knew one person here. Like literally my best friend from childhood lives in Arlington. So they were like, wow, are you sure? Can you afford to move? And like, I'll get into details at some point, but like I literally made money moving. It didn't make sense. It was an only God story. Like it just didn't make sense. But I was nervous about what people would say. Like that's the honest to God truth. Like I was also dating somebody that lived in Baltimore at the time, but it was fairly new. So a lot of people made the assumption I was moving for him, which I was not. And I was super sensitive to that because I, my initial transition oh, yeah. into law school um, was coupled with a relationship as well. So that was part of the reason why I chose the school I chose. So I kind of felt like everyone was like, you're dumb. You're making the same mistake again. And I, I don't consider my move to Chicago a mistake at all. But obviously, like I was still sensitive to people assuming that I was just gonna move every time I started dating somebody. And that wasn't the mm-hmm. case. Like when I told him that, he laughed. He was like, I did not think you were moving for me at all. And I was like, Great, because I'm not. I just wanna be in DC. And he was like, Good for you, girl. Um, so <laughs> it was really hard though to get that pushback, to have my family initially and with good reason, right? Challenge my decision. Um And it was a hard job. I'll be frank with y'all. I'm not qualified for it. Maybe now I am. But when I first started, it just literally, I wasn't like, that's not even on some humble stuff. Like, no, I didn't have the years Mm -hmm. of experience. I did not have the experience in the practice areas. I did not know DC law. I was not licensed here. I am now, but like, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Don't tell my (laughs) boss that, but it's like, are y'all sure? Like I kept looking at my resume, like, did I exaggerate something? Like what's happening? Um, So yeah, getting over people's opinions, getting over the fear of failing. Like what if I got here and it didn't work out? Like it's a small nonprofit. What if they go bankrupt out of nowhere? Like it wasn't going to happen, but that was really hard. But I think ultimately like obedience really hinges on trust. Like if I truly trust the Lord, if I truly trust that the Lord will make a way in a way that makes sense to him, even if it doesn't make sense to me, um, if I trust that he'll make me successful in his eyes and not necessarily in mine. Then like what what would I what would I be afraid of right and it takes a lot of effort to get there I don't want y'all to think that I like hopped on a plane and was like to Duluth Chicago like I was crying I was stressed <laughs> I was like I want to go I'm nervous I was like oh my lord you know I didn't know DC taxes like I'm making this much but how much will it be after like how long is it going to take for me to get licensed What if I'm a terrible attorney and I don't know yet and everybody else knows but I don't know like. Yeah, so getting over the fear of what other people will say has honestly been a struggle of mine for quite some time. But I think of it Mm -hmm. as like skydiving. At some point, you just got to jump and hope the parachute opens. You know?
0: Yeah, and and you know, apparently, well, what I would think is that you had enough confirmation from the Lord to know this is. I don't feel like this is what I should be doing, but I trust it enough. Um, Mm -hmm. to say to, for it to be worth it. Cause that is scary that it, that it is a lot to, you know, a lot of things, everything that you just mentioned could be very easy things that we just say, this is a reason why I shouldn't do it. So obviously you are in tune enough to the Lord to know, I feel confident in this decision, even though I don't feel confident about what I'm doing. Um, Oh,
1: absolutely. And there was a ton of, so I had had the feeling I was moving, um, about a year before I lived. Like I just knew. I was like, oh, I'm gonna move soon. And then like around May, I started to joke around and be like, Y'all, when I move, I bet it's gonna be so fast, it's gonna make my head spin. I'm gonna be so annoyed. And my friends were laughing because they were like, She always says stuff like that, and then it happened. So I don't know why she's not writing this down in one of her many journals, you know? <laughs> and then I yeah. I saw the job online one day. And I kid you not, I just go, oh crap, that's my job. Like just like that, I was like, oh, it's time. Like it just, I knew it. Like I was like, oh, oh crap. And then the job post had actually expired, and I emailed uh, them anyways on a Sunday and was like, hey, are you also looking for someone to fill this position? And this is just a career advice to the ladies out there. Please apply for jobs you're not qualified for because. Men are, and they're getting the job. So you don't need to check every single box off on their their list of things they want. Okay, okay. Back to the Jesus part. Um, yeah, and I emailed them, and they were like, <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we we're accepting applications, and that was like at the end of June. And I accepted the job like July thirteenth. I resigned on the fourteenth. I flew out of Chicago on the thirty first and I, of July, and then I started the job on August third. But in between that, there was wow. tons of prayer. There was on the phone with counselors, advisors. I was fasting, and I was like, I was getting confirmation in the word. Like, I think the Lord had actually, I want to say, He maybe led me to Genesis twelve, where Abraham picks up and leaves. Um, and that was like a confirmation for me because I didn't know what was going on in Genesis twelve before I got there. Um, And it was totally random. So yeah, that's a short version of a long story. But yeah, Yeah. definitely don't be like, oh, in my gut, I'm moving and like sell your house. Like pray about it, you know, sit with it, discern it, get spiritual counsel and advisors to pray with you and listen for you. But yeah, Um, and then know that if you know in your bones that's what you're supposed to do, then sorry to your fears, but they got to go. Like they can't stay here. They can't sit with us. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so when you said... Uh, getting advice from counselors. Um, hmm. What, yeah. What did that look like for somebody? Cause uh. for somebody who's just thinking, Oh man, like, yeah. Where are these wise people that you, you have in your life?
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's been something are. that's come up a lot recently. And I feel like if you're an older woman listening to this, please help us. Um, like, please find a younger woman to mentor. Yes. And if you're like in your thirties, like I am, please talk to someone in their twenties. And if you're in your twenties, please talk to somebody that's like a teenager. I think it's in Titus um, where it talks about like yes. the older women helping the younger women. I specifically mm-hmm. prayed for that. So I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I said, Lord, I need people. I need women. Like, I love my mom. She's fantastic. But like, obviously there's some things we just don't talk about, right? Because she's my mom. I love my mm-hmm. sister, but now she's a mom herself with a husband. Like she doesn't mm-hmm. always have time to like, you know, do the whole, okay, let's sit through and process this one thing, you know, right this second. Cause my child is screaming in the background because I didn't turn yeah. on Vivo fast enough, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, <laughs> So I prayed and then um, quick, funny story. I was um, avoiding this woman. I had never spoken to her before, but I thought I had a feeling she was going to be my mentor. So I was avoiding her because I'm weird and I prayed for it. And then I was terrified of her, terrified. And I was dropping a friend's, I was picking up a friend's kid from like children's church and I was going to take her daughter for lunch just to spend some one-on-one time with her. She was about 10. And the woman who was guarding the door is the woman. Her name is Rocio. Uh, You can find her on Instagram. She's fantastic. I'll try to find her IG handle for you. She was standing there and she goes, Hi, Lindsay. I go, Hi, Rocio. And she goes, We should get coffee sometime because she knew too. And I just go, No, no. And she goes, Okay. Yes, I did. And she goes, call me when you're ready. And I go, okay. And I think it was like a month later, I texted her and I go, I'm ready.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, Lindsay, that's hilarious.
1: (laughs) But I was just being honest with her. I was like, the stuff you're going to tell me about myself, girl, I am not ready to hear. You know what I mean? Like, don't be coming for my neck, you know, like, whoo. And she did when I finally got, she did. Let me tell you something. Cause older women can see stuff about you that you and your peers cannot see. She called out the immaturity. She called out the disobedience. She called out, Deception I was walking under, bondage I was still in, you know, she, and lovingly, of course, but it was like, whew, I was on the potter's wheel, y'all, and I still am. Like, even now when she calls, I'm like, uh oh, Rocio's calling. Should I duck this call or should I hear what the Lord had told her about me? That was supposed to be a secret, you know? So they will come, and hopefully, y'all are more courageous than I am and you meet with them sooner. But um, if your church has a mentorship program or a women's ministry, I would say lean into that and also ask people like Rocio Mm -hmm. and I both got the heads up from the Lord before we had even really ever had a conversation, but there were other times where I reached out to, this is not a faith mentor. This is a career mentor. I DM'd a woman on Twitter and I was like, I need your help determining if the salary I'm being offered in DC is comparable. And this woman hopped on the phone with me. We talk every other month now. I've never even met her. We talk. Yes. And she is like this incredible black woman attorney. And she sends me job postings all the time. And we talk through my career frustrations and life frustrations. Like, and I think she is a believer, actually. We just don't necessarily talk about faith that much. We talk mostly yeah. about career. But it's all because I DM'd her on Twitter and said, hi, I'm a new young Black attorney. And I was wondering like if you could provide some insight for me since you're an expert in this field. And she said yes. So wow. women want to help women. Like, y'all, yeah. ask them. I know a lot of us struggle with social anxiety, especially after the pandemic, where we've only socialized with our plants. That would be me. Mm. Um, but definitely just be open to asking somebody. And if they say no... Understand that, like they might be discerning that it's not the right fit for you. So that's not a bad thing. Nothing's wrong with you. There's just someone else yeah, that yeah. God has for you. You know, to yeah. to be mentored
0: by. And that that may be the way God is closing that door. Like maybe mm-hmm. if, if we couldn't discern that, He is allowing that other person to. Exactly. Um, Man, I love that. I feel like we could talk about mentors, like, uh, well, and I love that you said that she just the the tough stuff that she shared with you because I think we're very scared. Like, mm-hmm. I know I've been in situations where I'm like, oh man, I don't feel close enough to them to like speak into this or to offer. Like, I feel like if it came from me, it would just be criticism. But to know that you are in a relationship with somebody that um is supposed to keep you accountable. Like, I, I say this to um. I want to, I don't want to say older women because it could be me with a 20 year old, like you said, mm-hmm. but like that we would, we would take that seriously and not yeah. just like ta-ta people and like say what they want to hear, but like to really, you know, everything comes back to discerning what the Lord is saying, where he is leading. You know, we don't want to just be harsh or be whatever we have to follow the spirit in what he is, us, whether to speak and you know, when to speak and when not to speak. So.
1: Yeah. I'll um, also add is. that like, Being a mentee means, and just honestly being a good friend, being a good partner, whatever, being just a humble Christian maybe means understanding the difference between accountability and judgment. And I think that's a really hard Mm -hmm. road for a lot of us to navigate is like, you know, I ran into this recently uh, with people and I'm like, hey, I'm not judging you, but you told me this is the standard for your life. You asked me to hold you accountable to it. So like, be mindful of that Like when you're the recipient of some, maybe something that feels rough or not fun to hear from someone you love. And of course, pray about it, like you said, and like discern, like, is this really right from, is this really from you, Lord? But also be mindful of the difference between somebody genuinely holding you accountable or holding you to the standard that you've said you want to hold yourself to. And then just being like, you're done. You shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Because those shouldn't sound the same.
0: Yeah. yeah, And I mean, we are easily offended. So I think just mm-hmm. knowing that those two differences is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. So what... But, um, is there anything that you can think of like the biggest answered prayers or, you know, obviously DC was a huge one for you. Is there anything else that you can think of that was like super specific? It doesn't have to be huge as an answer prayer, but just something you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. Wow. That was the Lord answering that.
1: Yeah. Um, this is something I actually have not talked about publicly a ton, but I was in a very toxic relationship in college. Um, toxic is kind uh, it's a kind description of what it was. Um, but I try to be careful about it because I don't know who he is today. So I would hate for him to, you know what I mean? Uh, be labeled as, um, something that he no longer embodies. Um, and yeah. God really got me out of that situation. That's a much longer story, more time than we have toward today. But I would say over the years, I started to see some of that trauma show up in my other relationships and even in my platonic relationships, And I've really been on my face in prayer and in therapy, especially like maybe three or four years ago, pretty heavy to really like unpack that, you know, and, and heal from that. And I feel like God has really put me back together again after a season that was like really hard on me. Um, I really had like, honestly, y'all like a quintessential childhood. So like to endure trauma, Mm -hmm. like at 19 really was like, Oh, like there was, I was like, Whoa, like, this is a lot. And I feel like my cries for help and my cries for healing were genuinely heard. And I feel like um, it it led me to a lot of good decisions, like abstaining and waiting till marriage and changing the values that I look for in a partner. And like, I, I'm not married, but I can honestly say I've dated some really wonderful men. You know what I mean? Like, wow, Mm -hmm. you're an awesome human being. And I feel really safe with you. Thanks for praying for me. You know what I mean? Like, and that is not something I 19 year old me could have. Could have foreseen, so I would say the biggest answered prayer yeah. is that I am no longer living my life as Lindsay before abuse and Lindsay after abuse, but just as Lindsay healed and hold as the daughter of Christ, and that is the biggest answered
0: prayer oh. I've had. Oh, I love that, Lindsay. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah. Um sure. What about any no's that you've gotten from the Lord and what that Girl. has taught you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have a lot of no's, um, which I think I always think it's funny when we say like, God answered my prayer. God always answers the prayer. It just might not Mm -hmm. be yes. You know, like it could be no, it could be not yet. It could be not right, not right this second. Um, The biggest no's I've gotten. um, I'm trying to think of the biggest no's. I am it's either a no or a not yet. I'll say I'll like divulge all my personal mm-hmm. business because I'm not on the internet. So y'all can't find me after this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> I was dating a guy that I really cared about and he really cared about me. And he just really had a lot of, uh, just a, a not great season. And I just felt like God was either telling us no or not yet. And that was a really hard pill to swallow. Um, because yeah. I want to get married. I want to, you know, have kids. I want to do all the things and for it to have felt like it was right and in the right season. And then to kind of have it, I know I'm being in vague because then I thought about it and I was like, what if he listens to this? So I wanted wanted to pull back. Um, But I'm like, I feel like God's either saying no or not yet. And like to feel like you're so close to something um, and then have it pulled away, it felt really not great. Mm -hmm. And I really... Um, I would say what God has taught me through that is to, to yield my timeline to his, um, because I'm type Mm -hmm. A, I don't know if y'all can tell, but like, I love a good calendar invite for even something as simple as brunch. Like, yeah, calendar me, you know, like I, I think I'm pretty organized. Like my books are color coded. Like I'm a very structured person. I'm a person of routine and I like things to go the way I like them. And God was like, yeah, no, babe, you, you yield to me. Mm, I actually am in control of this. Uh, (laughs) And it's taught me that like my definition of good and God's definition of good aren't always aligned. And that means my definition's wrong. Like if I believe that it's right for me and this guy to be together right now and God's saying it's not right, then it's not right. Like I'm not, I can argue with God all I want. And I highly encourage people to do so, right? You're in a relationship with God. Relationships have conflict, like that's normal, but understand that in this relationship, you're going to lose. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's right. He's just always right. So he's really taught me, um, to trust him because I have no idea. So I've thought about it a thousand times, y'all. And it's like, okay, so let's say this guy is my person and we just needed a break. You know what I mean? And this is actually gonna come back better than ever. Or let's say he's not my person. And and now that we're separated, I can see that clearly and I can date someone that is my person, right? So like, you just never know what yeah. God has up his sleeve. So really being able to, yeah. to say that's a no or a not yet. And I release that and I don't release it bitterly. I don't release it angrily. Maybe I do, but eventually I come around and say, God, if you've asked me to release this, it's for my good, and it's for your definition of my good, which is better than my definition of my good, and I I accept that.
0: Yeah, yes, Uh, um, there is a line from a Phil Wickham song that I think of often, and it's when um, when all I see is the battle, you see the victory, Mm. and it's my little reminder that like I am I am in the thick of things, and I don't see what God sees. So God could be sitting next to me thinking or not, you know, he could be with me just feeling like Valerie, like, just trust me. Like there, there is a victory coming and I'm just like, not in that spot yet. So it feels like there is no victory, but it's just not in the spot I'm in. So. Exactly. Um, That's so good. Okay. So what, um, was prayer modeled for you throughout your like childhood or, um, did you have anybody who you saw praying as a, as a kid.
1: Yeah. I don't have like crazy, strong, vivid memories of my mom praying, but Mm -hmm. we prayed together for sure. And we prayed as a Mm -hmm. family for sure. And my mom prayed. Actually, I do have memories of her. She would always kneel by the side of her bed and she would always have on these like really cute pajamas. I (laughs) I always thought her pajamas were adorable (laughs) and she would always pray. And my mom would always say this, this is a very strong memory I have. Whenever she would pack, she would always pack her Bible, like when we would go on trips. And I remember asking her one time, like, why do you always pack your Bible? And she goes, you never leave home without your sword. And I was like, oh, I didn't get it at the time. But now I'm like, girl, that's a word. Like, we should never, not that you should literally lug your Bible around everywhere with you, right? But like, they didn't have Bible apps back then and stuff like that. But it's like, do you have the word of God stored up in your heart? Do you have it with you? so that you can pull it out when you need it. So like you can pray over yourself, pray over someone else so you can stand on it when you need to. Um, And then I would also say now my mom definitely has a prayer closet. My sister and I pray together, my brother-in-law and I pray together all the time. I'm very fortunate that um, my family is all believers. As an extended family, when we're all together, we always pray. Like We have a tradition at Thanksgiving that we've always had. My mom has scripture cards And everybody gets one. And before we eat Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, everybody, I don't care if there are 30 people in there, y'all, everybody's got to read their scripture card. Um, And, you know, when you're really hungry, it doesn't feel as sacred as it probably should. When there's like a turkey right in front of your face, like, you know, dripping with juices, you're just like, okay, another psalm, here we go. Um, But it is a really sweet uh, practice to just kind of keep us grounded and remind us that we have what we have because of Him. So yeah, it was modeled and my grandmother's both prayer warriors for sure. My grandmother oh. prays over all of us by name, all grandkids, which I don't even, she's 97. I don't even know how she remembers all of our names, like <laughs> truly. Um, Lindsay, so yeah, it I was. I just love
0: that legacy. That is a, le- like you are the yeah. prayer warrior you are because of them. Because yes. even just having this conversation with you, I'm just like, man, like you you it is it is so ingrained in you. Um. So we have them to thank for for your wisdom today too. I love it. Yes. Um, okay. So last question for you: In what ways do you long to keep growing your prayer life?
1: Oh, that's so good. Um. What ways? Let's see. I think that I want to do a little bit of a better job of interceding for others, like kind of like what we talked about with the practices I picked up in DC of like, Oh, I'm going to pray over this bill. And I'm going to, but like, there are a lot of key people here. There are a lot of key people that I'm interacting with. And I recognize I have a lot to pray for already. Cause I pray for our volunteers, our pro bono attorneys, our clients, my friends, my family, but like, I almost want to get a little bit more targeted and maybe I'm thinking of the answer as I'm saying it, but I'm like, maybe what I want to do is lay it all out and say, Lord, who's priority right now? You know what I mean? And like yeah. really surrender that and say like, okay, yes, all these people, we all need prayer. Right. But like, mm-hmm. if you're telling me that this week I need to pray over Matt Gates and AOC at the same time. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> what I'm going to do. Like, great. This it. sounds oh, like yeah. a blast. You know what I mean? Like, this sounds like a blast. Um, or if it's like, I need you to pray over the heads of all the organizations that you all interact with. Like, or I need you to pray for um, your community partners or like, I want to do a what I'm trying to say in a long winded way is I want to do a better job of listening to who's top priority rather than just going through the Mm -hmm. whole list of everybody. Um, Because I think maybe being more focused in that way will help me to hear better and hear more clearly what the, what the call is and what the need is there. Um, Yeah. yeah, And help me be more focused. And it,
0: it feels like it's so cool to feel like you're on an assignment. Like I think about Mm -hmm. like the mom who is like home and maybe just feels like Um, you know, you're playing with your kids all day. You, you're, I don't want to say you, you, you feel a little bit like I'm not able to like work my mind as much. Like that you could be, you know, playing with your kid and getting an assignment from the Lord, Mm -hmm. like a mission basically. And I know talking to people about our journals, like if they're like, I feel like I have so much that I could put in here. Like, where do I start? Or I'm overwhelmed with praying for so many different things. This Mm -hmm. is key. Like just, Pray and ask the Lord, who do you want me to pray for? Yeah. And I just think, I mean, everything we've kind of talked about, like, even you know, just thinking about the city, thinking about things to pray for, like be di- be directed and led by the Lord in even mm-hmm. what to pray for, which is, you know, I just feel like it's like the uh, inception or like whatever it's like the story and the story and the story, but like yeah. pray about what you should be praying for. And, yes. Yeah. You know, Um, and, and be okay with
1: like, you don't have to do it all. Like, I feel like that was something I got a lot from the women that followed me. I was like, I can't pray over all this every day. And my answer would Mm -hmm. be like, then don't, (laughs) (laughs) then don't like, girl, what? Like, (laughs) if you have to go to work for 12 hours a day, your prayer life's going to look very different than from someone who works part time and has no kids. Right. Like it's going to ebb and flow in every season. So like That's why it's so important to say, God, whose priority or like, what do you want me to cover today? So you're making sure that you're covering what you're supposed to be covering. And I always say this, so like, it doesn't have to be long and lengthy. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be eloquent. Mm -hmm. Like there are many of the prayers I prayed have just been tears shed. You know what I mean? Just and or Jesus help, just Jesus help. Like that is a prayer in and of itself. That is all it's as specific as it needs to be. So I feel like, trying to your best to take the pressure off of it. And remember that at the end of the day, yes, you might get a mission. Yes. It might be an assignment. Yes. There might be an instruction, but you're communing with the Lord and the God of the universe is desperate to talk to you. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it makes me so emotional every time. Like the God that put every single leaf on every single tree on this entire world that put the fish in the sea, that, that made your face as perfect as he did is eager to whisper to you, like, That is the, that's the place that you can, you need to stay in when you're praying. Not, did I pray Mm -hmm. enough? Did I say enough? Was it long enough? Did I, did I cover enough or am I enough? Just, he wants to talk to me like that right there, y'all. That's just, I could sit there all day. Like
0: I could just (laughs) No, if we started every prayer time, just like with that little clip right there, I think we would, we would pray differently and we would take the pressure off. And like you said, like this. We get to be a part of the work that God mm-hmm. is doing. He does not put on us the burden of praying for every country or every neighbor or every whatever. Right. It's not a burden. It is us getting to be a part of something. And when we get to, the, as we pray for other people, we are getting to see more answered prayers. If we only pray for ourselves, we're getting to see limited answered prayers. Um, And it's, yeah, it's just, it's all going to bring God glory. So, Amen. um, All right, Lindsay. Well, this was a great conversation and I will tell you guys, we, Lindsay and I have been talking, Lindsay got off of, um, Instagram recently or all of social, but we're going to have a little bonus episode because I want to go into this with her. Um, and we, we knew we'd have so much to cover here. So Lindsay, if you would pray for us and then you guys stay tuned for that bonus episode.
1: Oh, Father God, thank you for being gracious and merciful, Lord. Thank you that we get to talk to you whenever we need to, Lord. And thank you, God, that you're always talking to us, Lord. I pray right now that you would raise up prayer warriors, that you would raise up women that are not afraid to call on your name, that are not afraid to drop to their knees, to put their faces on the ground, Lord, and call out for your mercy, for your grace, and for your provision, Lord. I pray, God, that you would open up our ears to hear you and our eyes to see you, Lord. I pray that you would allow the Holy Spirit to reside so deeply in us that we know that we know that we know that we're in full surrender to you at all times, God. I pray, Lord, that um, those who are listening that have prayers that they are longing to be answered by you, God, that you would hear them, that you would respond to them, that you would allow them to experience you answering them, and that they would trust you, God, that they would trust whatever you say. And Lord, I just ask that we would just continue to grow in getting to know you and understanding your word and understanding your character and your nature, God, and that every day you would allow us to fall a little bit more in love with you and receive that you are already head over heels in love with us. We love you and we praise you in
0: Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you.